Hello, fantasy friends. I'm Scott Cullen, host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Locked On Podcast Network. As we've been preparing for this fantasy baseball season, we've touched on rookies and sleepers and breakthrough players, covering draft strategy, a mock first round, position by position preview, looked at injuries and position battles, but it still looks like it's going to be a while, maybe a long while, before the 2020 Major League Baseball season is ready to start. So we have some time to dig in, and I'm going to look back at the most historically productive seasons by position. I've already touched on catchers, a position ruled by Mike Piazza. First base was the Lou Gehrig show. And now we're going to move on to to second base. A reminder, before we go any further, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on Fantasy Baseball. And so what does second base bring for us today? Well, I did have to shuffle around the top 10 order a little bit, but more on that later. One of the features of second base is that frequently it can be a source for stolen bases. Typically, second basemen are not providing huge power numbers, though it's pretty great when they do. The difficult part of looking at current second basemen is that so few are significantly productive. Let's start with some honorable mentions, players that didn't quite crack the top 10. From the files of the second basemen that don't run very much, go with Robinson Cano in 2016. Cano had 39 home runs, 103 RBIs, 107 runs scored, and hit 298. That's a pretty great season. Also had zero stolen bases. That doesn't mean that he can't be a valuable fantasy player, but when we're talking the best second baseman of all time, uh, the best seasons by second baseman of all time, uh, you're going to be hard-pressed to get there with zero stolen bases. And in that season in 2016, Jose Altuve was even better than Cano. Uh, Daniel Murphy, Brian Dozier, Gene Segura, They were all very productive as well. So Robinson Cano, close but no cigar. And then we'll we'll go to one more season for Robinson Cano, 2011. He had 28 home runs, 118 RBIs, 104 runs scored, and eight stolen bases uh, with a 302 batting average. And again, this was a time when there were were a number of productive second basemen. Dustin Pedroia was really good. Ian Kinsler had a 30-30 season. And there were a handful more of decent options at second base uh, back in 2011. And so Cano, for as productive as that season was, and he didn't end up with zero stolen bases, he actually had eight, uh, it's still not quite enough to get him uh, into the top 10. But we're continuing here with with second basemen that, that don't run a whole lot. Uh, Jay Bell, a uh, longtime Pirates shortstop, played second base for Arizona in 1999. And Bell had 38 home runs, 112 RBIs, 132 runs scored, only stole seven bases and hit 289. That's a fantastic season, best season of Bell's career uh, offensively, but it's not enough to get him into the top 10 seasons of all time. Uh, Roberto Alomar was better that year, uh, and, and a, a list of Edgardo Alfonso and Craig Biggio and Jeff Kent and Chuck Knobloch. Uh, a lot of sort of familiar names in that era were all very productive as well. Uh, not too far down the list or too far later is Brett Boone in 2001. Uh, Had 37 home runs, 141 RBIs, 118 runs scored, only stole five bases, but hit 331. That's a, that's a fantastic season by Boone. And that, that has him actually quite close to, I guess, being in contention for the top 10. Alomar was great in 2001 as well. And there's a pretty quick drop off uh, from the top two uh, in that season. The next year, Jeff Kent, 2002, had 37 home runs, 108 RBIs, 102 runs scored, only stole five bases, but hit 313. He wasn't the best second baseman that season. Alfonso Soriano was probably even better, 
but the class gets pretty thin uh, after that. Jose Vidro and Ray Durham were all right, but still uh, not a, a real power source or uh, a position with great depth uh, back in 2002. Now, so at the other end of the spectrum, second basemen who run but don't necessarily put up big power numbers, you can go to uh, Rod Carew in the mid-70s uh, with the Twins in 1973, 1974, 1975. Crew didn't offer much power at all, had great stolen base totals and an awesome batting average. You know, to do, to do that, I mean, that was Rod Carew's kind of calling card throughout his career, uh, but to do it kind of those three years in a row in, in 73, 74, 75, uh, where he, he was, you know, one of the very best uh, second baseman in, in baseball, uh, and certainly in terms of production, but it's not quite enough to make the top 10. Uh, and now I guess we've got a, a few more here of guys who are, who had really great seasons, uh, and, uh, just kind of didn't quite make the top 10. We've got Craig Biggio in 1998, uh, had 20 home runs, 88 RBIs, 123 runs scored, 50 stolen bases, and a 325 batting average. And, what really stands out uh, for that season for Biggio is that there wasn't a lot of competition. Jeff Kent was uh, solid, but Jose Offerman uh, was probably the next best uh, second baseman in terms of fantasy production that year. And so, you know, Biggio's 1998 season is is close to uh, qualifying for that top 10. Uh, Roberto Alomar's 1993 season, uh, in, he only had 17 home runs, but 93 RBIs, 109 runs scored, stole 55 bases. Again, you see we're, we're getting these big stolen base totals out of second baseman. And, and Alomar hit 326. He, he was comfortably the best at the position that season. Uh, Biggio, again, was very good. Uh, and Robbie Thompson and Tony Phillips were probably the, uh, in that next tier of second baseman. And, and so they were okay, but nowhere near uh, Alomar's production. Uh, now, a little further back uh, in history, we'll go to Joe Morgan in 1973. Uh, Morgan had 26 home runs, 82 RBIs, 116 runs scored, stole 67 bases, and hit 290. We'll hear more from Joe Morgan later as we get into the top 10 seasons, uh, but that's that's a pretty great season to not uh, qualify for the, for the top 10. Uh, and he finishes ahead of uh, Rod Carew in 1973. That year, Carew had 41 stolen bases and, and hit 350. Uh, and and that's not even the, the best of Carew uh, in that era. And ahead of Davey Johnson, who had 43 home runs. Uh, so uh, two more uh, guys, or two more seasons that didn't quite qualify for the, uh, the top 10. Jose Altuve in 2017, uh, the Astros second baseman, had 24 home runs, 81 RBIs, scored 112 runs, stole 32 bases, and hit 346. That's a pretty great season. And Jose Ramirez and Brian Dozier and Daniel Murphy were very good. But at, at this point in 2017, it had already become a relatively thin position. So Altuve was kind of clearly uh, the best uh, on the board that season. And one more of our kind of close but not quite uh, second base seasons, Chase Utley in 2006 for the Phillies had 32 home runs, 102 RBIs, 131 runs scored, and he stole 15 bases while hitting 309 and didn't have a ton of competition uh, at the position. Dan Ugla had had some power, and Ray Durham was a pretty solid all-around player, but no one was really challenging Utley in any meaningful way at that point. And so you know, when we go through that list of the honorable mentions, you, you can see that, yes, there are some guys who have some power and that 
the best second base seasons tend to hit for a high average. But I think what really stands out is the the stolen base numbers. You get some guys who uh, are stealing 40, 50, 60 stolen bases. That, that's kind of difference making uh, when it comes to fantasy. And so let's take a break. Uh, on the other side of that break, we will count down from 10 to 1 the top fantasy seasons by second baseman. And we're back, counting down the top 10 fantasy seasons for second baseman. At number 10, go with Craig Biggio in 1997. I mentioned Biggio before. His 1997 season was his best. 22 home runs, 81 RBIs, 146 runs scored, 47 stolen bases while hitting 309. There were three other second basemen who stole more bases than Biggio that year. Chuck Knobloch, Delano DeShields, and Tony Womack. Uh, but no one could touch Biggio's 146 runs, and Jeff Kent was the only second baseman with more home runs and RBIs. So this is you know, a Hall of Fame player who uh, had a couple really, really great seasons uh, in the late 90s, and this one stands out uh, as his best. Uh, and moving on then to number nine, Alfonso Soriano in 2002. Had 39 home runs, 102 RBIs, 128 runs scored. Stole 41 bases and hit 300. Uh, Soriano, at his peak, was a fantastic fantasy player uh, because he could uh, give you power and stolen bases. And, you know, Jeff Kent was really good in 2002 as well, but he gets sort of left in the dust because Soriano stole 41 bases and Jeff Kent wasn't ever going to steal 41 bases. And so that's, uh, there's the difference uh, that, that gets Soriano into, into the top 10 there. At number eight, Jose Altuve in 2016. I know we talked about his 2017 season uh, before, but in 2016, 24 home runs, 96 RBIs, 108 runs scored, 30 stolen bases with a 338 batting average. Uh, there are some challengers, I guess you could say, at that time. Robinson Cano was still really productive. Brian Dozier, uh, Daniel Murphy, Gene Segura, but none of them put up numbers across the board like Altuve. And, and this is uh, sort of an evolution in Altuve's game at, at that point where he had uh, added power uh, that wasn't there earlier in his career. And when, when all of a sudden he, he starts um, giving you 20-plus home runs uh, while hitting well over 300 and, and scoring a bunch of runs and stealing a bunch of bases, well, that, that's why he became uh, one of the top, top value players in fantasy at that time. Uh, into number seven, we go to Jeff Kent in, in the year 2000. And this is a somewhat rare occurrence to have somebody in the top 10 who doesn't run a whole lot. But Jeff Kent's 2000 season is pretty great. 33 home runs, 125 RBIs, 114 runs scored. He did steal a dozen bases uh, and hit 334. That's uh, contributing all the way across the board. And, you know, Roberto Alomar and Edgardo Alfonso and Jose Vidro were some of the, his contemporaries there in the year 2000, but none were particularly close uh, in terms of production that year. Uh, number six, we go to Joe Morgan in 1975. Uh, had set only 17 home runs, but 94 RBIs, 107 runs scored. He stole 67 bases and hit 327. Uh, Carew was great that year as well. Bobby Gritch was all right, but there weren't a lot of great options at second base uh, in the mid-70s. And so Morgan, for as productive as he was and his fantastic base stealing totals and his high batting average, that lands him uh, one spot in the top 10, and we'll hear more from him again later. Uh, so at number five, Roberto Alomar in 1999 with Cleveland 
had 24 home runs, 120 RBIs, 138 runs scored, stole 37 bases, and hit 323. This was a relatively deep class, as we mentioned uh, earlier when talking about Jay Bell, is that uh, you have Bell and Edgardo Alfonso and Biggio and Kent and Knobloch. And so a, a good group of productive second basemen, and Alomar was clearly the best of, the, of, of them all that year. Uh, on to number four. Now we're going to move back uh, in time here to Jackie Robinson in 1949. Uh, only hit 16 home runs, but had 124 runs batted in, 122 runs scored, stole 37 bases while hitting 342. Uh, you know, Robinson, this, this is the best season of his career in terms of overall production. And at that time, there just weren't a lot of productive second basemen. And Boston's Bobby Doerr was uh, reasonably productive that year, but not close to what Robinson was putting up. And beyond Dora, they were miles and miles behind Jackie Robinson. And so that will takes us to number three. And again, it's Joe Morgan. Uh, this time in 1976, when Morgan had 27 home runs, 111 RBIs, 113 runs scored, stole 60 bases, and hit 320. And in 1976, there was like nothing going on at second base. Uh, Bobby Gritch was the only uh, other second baseman with more than 10 home runs. And he had 13, and so Morgan had 27. So he was far and away the best power source at second base, and he also stole 60 bases. So um, Morgan was a pretty amazing player. And again, this is this comes at a time that's before fantasy was really a thing, but uh, Joe Morgan would have been a, a monster uh, fantasy performer. Uh, and now as we head down to, to two and one, we're going into the way, way, way back machine. Uh, and number two is Nap Lajoie in 1901. Uh, his 14 home runs, 125 RBIs, 145 runs scored, 27 stolen bases, and, wait for it, a 426 batting average. This is the only season of, of Lajoie's career in which he hit double-digit home runs, which was good enough to get him qualified here, but a 426 batting average, that's, it's absurd, and obviously baseball in 1901 is dramatically different than what it is in 2020, but if we're looking at uh, the numbers across the board, uh, it's, it's tough to ignore a 426 batting average, no, no matter what you do. And, and so this brings us to the number one season, and as I said uh, off the top, I needed to shuffle some rules around here, because otherwise... Uh, the guy in first place might have like seven of the top 10 seasons. And that is Rogers Hornsby, uh, mostly Cardinal, great, great player. And, and so some of the best seasons of, of Hornsby's career. 1922, uh, he had 42 home runs, 152 RBIs, 141 runs scored, stole 17 bases and hit 401. Yeah, that's, that's not bad. Uh, and now the next two seasons, he was named MVP. So he wasn't the MVP in 1922 when he put up those monster numbers. But in 1925, he had 39 home runs, 143 RBIs, 133 runs scored, only stole five bases, but hit 403. And that's good enough to win MVP. In 1929, with the Cubs, he had 39 home runs, 149 RBIs, 156 runs scored, two stolen bases, and hit 380. You know, it's no 400, but good enough to uh, win MVP. In 1924, he hit 25 home runs, had only 94 RBIs, uh, a dramatic drop from uh, some of his best seasons. Uh, 121 runs scored, only stole five bases, but hit a career-high 424. And 
you know, uh, again, we're talking about baseball in a different era, uh, but there weren't other players hitting over 400 uh, at that time either. So Rogers Hornsby was just a, in a league of his own. And you could look at his uh, other seasons in 1921. He had a, a big season where he ended up hitting 397. Uh, 1927, had 26 home runs, 125 RBIs, 133 runs scored while hitting 361 for the New York Giants. Uh, and in 1928, uh, with the Boston Braves, he had 21 home runs, 94 RBIs, 99 runs scored while hitting 387. And so this is why I had to change the rules. Otherwise, I would just be looking at the numbers of Rogers Hornsby and knocking off uh, all these other second basemen. It's uh, remarkable uh, to see those kinds of numbers put up year in and year out and, you know, at a position where historically there have not been a lot of super productive hitters. And, you know, you, the guys who sort of were of Hornsby's era, there was Eddie Collins who stole a ton of bases and had a high batting average, but didn't offer a whole lot of power. Uh, and Charlie Gehringer, uh, who did have some power, uh, but didn't run a whole lot. And, and this goes back to uh, what I talked about before is that there's, a bit of a conundrum when it comes to second base is that it's a position where you can get steals and where you might need to get steals, uh, which can then make it a little more difficult to, to take a player um, if they don't run. And so what can we take away from this top 10 list? Uh, although the most productive seasons uh, of all time and the ones by Hornsby and Lajway are, are a century ago, there are still some decent recent examples here, uh, including Jose Altuve, uh, and it's yet it's still probably the thinnest position in fantasy baseball right now. And uh, that may require you to dig for players uh, with multi-position eligibility if you just can't get uh, the top players. And you know, when we did the, the position by position preview, I, I talked about guys like Max Muncy, uh, who, who has second base eligibility, the first baseman for, uh, for the Dodgers. You know, if you're going to be able to, to get somebody who, who has uh, eligibility at other positions, but maybe their bat plays a little bit better at second base. Um, there's Muncie, there's Mike Moustakas, uh, is another one where you might get some guys who ha have, you know, rare power for a second baseman. Uh, but at the same time, if you're making that, that kind of move, uh, you're probably sacrificing, uh, steals. And so you better make sure that you're covering it off somewhere else. And whether that's in the outfield or a shortstop or a middle infield spot, uh, you're, you're going to need to address that that category in some way. Uh, and, and if you're taking a, a power bat at second base, uh, you have to be careful that you don't uh, ignore steals altogether because you're not going to make it up uh, on the corners, uh, or at least not in most cases. So that, uh, that will wrap up our top 10 fantasy seasons by uh, second baseman. We will continue on tomorrow. Uh, around the infield and we'll go to shortstops, which I think should be uh, pretty exciting, uh, at least in terms of uh, how great uh, that position has been in recent years. And so uh, we should see some some pretty amazing uh, seasons uh, starting at, at shortstop next uh, tomorrow. And so let's hit me up with your questions. I'm at by Scott Cullen on Twitter. The show is at LO underscore fantasy MLB on Twitter. And if you want to send an email, direct it to LockedOnFantasyBaseball at gmail.com. Find us and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Baseball. Have a great day. See you tomorrow 
when I look at the top fantasy seasons by shortstops. Stay locked in with Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your source for daily fantasy news and analysis.